Welcome to Head to Toe, stories from the history and future of healthcare. Greetings, listeners, supporters, former guests, random people who saw the link to this podcast episode on social media, whoever you are. What a year it has been. This is Hearing Myself Talk Volume 4 since it is the fourth season of the Head to Toe podcast and I haven't done one yet. And it is sadly, unfortunately, but also necessarily the reluctant conclusion of the podcast. Yep, this is the last episode. I am bummed. I'm really bummed, you guys, but it is okay. I wrote a blog post summarizing my feelings and explaining the reasoning behind why this is the show's end. And the thing you're now listening to is the audio edition of that written essay, which you can find the link to in the show notes. If you want to read it, it's on my website under news. So there's the news. Well, that's my news anyway. The world has news, new news every five seconds, but that is not what this episode is about. This is a goodbye to podcasting. In all forms of art, editing can be a painful but necessary process. Transformative even, but I don't need transformation. I just need a nap. Lately, I have felt overwhelmed. I mean, yes, by all the things that so many of us are overwhelmed by, namely a pandemic and its ghastly effects on modern society and the revolutionary exposition of American morality and racial consciousness. But actually, those aren't the things that have sent me over the edge. What has is an ordinary ping on my phone, an online invitation to yet another thing that interests me and that I want to do and that I say to myself, oh, I should do that. Should is an evilish word, by the way. These pings have been stacking up daily and as much as I want to do them all, I'm ignoring them more and more. And each time I do, I feel another ping inside my head, disparagement, self-doubt, and a string of utterly stupid questions beginning with, why can't I? Ending with, I don't know why, but I just can't. With the recent jarring realization and subsequent reluctant acceptance of the fact that working mothers can't have it all, in pre-COVID world and even less so in pandemic 2020, I've decided that my life requires editing. I've been near a breaking point with the equation so well known to working parents out there, where time multiplied by energy equals productive work. Like sometimes I have enough time to do something, but not enough energy and vice versa. Like for example, the other night, it was enough time to go and get and wrap the baby shower gifts stashed in my basement for this weekend's social distance gathering, but I literally didn't have the energy. And instead I laid sprawled on the couch in my food splattered t-shirt watching the politician. For my cardiology nerds out there, this is similar to cardiac output, where heart rate times stroke volume equals cardiac output in liters per minute. Well, if time is heart rate and energy is stroke volume, my cardiac output is like one liter per minute and I need a dibutamine drip stat. Maybe an LVAD. Medical translation. I'm fucking tired and I get down on myself unnecessarily. I grew up being encouraged by coaches at all-girls soccer camps and swim lessons and baton twirling competitions that yes, I can do everything boys can. I can have a job. I can have a family. I can have professional aspirations. I can have a kid and be healthy. I can breastfeed and work full-time. I can be physically fit and eat right and enjoy cocktails with friends. I can be part of social clubs, lead volunteer groups, and go after promotions. I can earn and save money. I can make plans. I can look put together, but I just can't. 
do it all at the same time. One of my new mom friends and I, a nurse practitioner currently on furlough, were chatting about this truth at a park six feet apart through face masks while our kids crawled around the grass. She said to me, it's such a fucked up message from society. Hey, here's a breast pump. Look, now you can juggle it all. You can work and lactate simultaneously. It's really hard to do that, by the way. In case you missed it, and is the keyword here. Okay, the TLDR version of this entire blog post can be summarized this way. Life cannot be and anymore. It has to be or. I encourage the listener to visit the links in the show notes for excellent op-eds that further and much more eloquently elaborate on the topic of not having it all and the overriding message that my brain is most frantically occupied with. Marie, you can't do it all. Always look on the bright side of life. I found myself singing aloud to the Monty Python tune of Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, substituting the words, I can't do it all, and that's okay. Da-da, 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 da-da. It's not fair, and it's not what they told us, but it is my 2020 reality. And it is, in fact, okay. I am really, really okay with having an or life right now instead of feeling like I must soldier through an and life. So, to the act of editing. I morosely bowed out of my feminist book club, which I attended sparsely despite real dreams of consistent participation. I left every Facebook group that I wasn't active with. I unfollowed social media accounts that made me feel the least bit self-critical. Sorry, Blake Lively, I just can't keep up with your level of awesome. I unsubscribed from newsletters that made me feel unsuccessful for not following through, i.e. I never attended that webinar or donated to that cause or whatever. Insert unrealistic aspiration here. I went through my phone and found every ping that prompted an internal dialogue along the lines of, oh, I should do that, or I haven't gotten to that yet, and then subsequently made myself feel bad for not doing those things. It dawned on me that all these alerts were barriers to commending myself for doing the things I am doing such as successfully feeding my one-year-old breakfast and making a point to tell my also-exhausted spouse how much I love him. I mean, I've always known these were priorities. They're always at the top of my list. I just reached the point where I allowed myself to feel bad for not doing numbers 5 through 1,498 and omitted patting myself on the back for consistently doing number 1 through 4. I realized as I clicked away on my laptop and phone, departing commitment after commitment, that what it comes down to is that mediocrity is what makes me feel like a failure. Perhaps I need additional therapy to unpack this very familiar plague of high-achieving millennials. (laughs) Insert shoulder shrug emoji and then wine glass emoji. Okay, however, editing my life to the essentials and trying to accept the reality of not doing or having it all is what I am and countless other working parents out there are doing to survive COVID-19 or no COVID-19. This brings me to the sad announcement that I am retiring my healthcare podcast head to toe. heard a funny quip on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me news quiz show that the pandemic lockdown won't produce a baby boom, that everyone will start their own podcast instead. (laughs) Here I am ending mine after four years, 42 episodes, 65 healthcare professionals interviewed, and thousands of downloads. 
As much as I love podcasting, and I love it despite my reality of not earning a dime from doing it, I don't want to continue at a rate and quality that are substandard to my creative desires for the show. I don't want to become proficient in half-assing things that I care about. So I've decided to end it with four special COVID-19 episodes and a recorded goodbye, which you're listening to now. Go back and check out COVID Takeaways Parts 1 through 4, and honestly, any of the 40-plus episodes. They're not perfect, but I'm really proud of the work I've done and the art that I've produced. I want to do something kind of crazy. Um, I want to scroll through my episodes and do a quick live thanks to all my show guests. It might take a minute. Okay, episode one was April 14th, 2016, and I interviewed Marianne Rudd. She's a family, old family friend, and we talked about camp nursing. And Marianne and I have sort of kept in touch over the years, and she's still doing awesome things, biking across the country. She wrote a book about it. Thanks, Marianne, for being my very first show guest. I think you're awesome. I hope you and the family are doing well. Episode two was Kathy Cool. Oh, Kathy, I used to work with Kathy. She retired, and then I, I went out to her farmhouse and interviewed her about her career. That was fun. Uh, episode three was Dr. Loretta Crouchide. She was a university professor. She talked about teaching. Episode four was Hearing Myself Talk, volume one. Episode five, Alzheimer's is worse than Ebola. Fun at the OHC convention trade show. That's right. I went to that convention, and I <laughs> sat up a uh, desk and talked to people and tried to get people to be on the show, and I only got two people to be on the show. But one of them... Um, I really hit it off with and we ended up doing podcasts later in the year and then I did best stories 2016 that was my first best stories episode where I I interviewed four nurses I worked with about their best story from the year and and that ended up being an annual thing I did on the podcast I think there's four editions of that and then I kind of go through some old retired ladies that I've met Beth Reed Pat Peterson they were old retired nurses like in their 80s and 90s they talked to me about their life and careers Jean Masonic oh right that was a fascinating episode about she worked for the FDA as a nurse and we talked all about drugs and how they come out in America that was really fascinating I did another hearing myself talk volume two that was for the first birthday I talked with Linda Sorensen oh Linda hi how are you she retired and I got to interview her about her life and career and the women's march that was really rad um I did a special topic episode on violence in the workplace That was kind of the first trending topics episode I did. Best Stories 2017. Dustin. Oh, yeah. Dustin had the the Star Wars thing. Um, He helped. He works in psychiatric care, and he helped a a patient with Star Wars. That was awesome. Ashley Blackman. That was the first time I talked with Ashley about finding success in heart failure. Jesse, a doctor about being a new attending. Christy Turner about dementia care. She was the one I met at the convention. I talked with Jay, a nurse manager. Gabby, a nurse. A nurse I worked with once upon a time. She talked about this patient playing his guitar at the bedside. That was really sweet. And Joan, a social worker, she talked about um, this patient that was rememberable to her. A disabled, homeless, transgender addict. That was a powerful story. Thank you, Joan, for telling me that story. I hope you're well, Joan. I know she's out there doing social work still, I think. I kind of got connected with the Silent No More movement after uh, doing the Violence in the Workplace episode. Angela Simpson heads up that national organization, Silent No More Foundation. That's still up and going. I talked with Eileen Anderson, uh, East Coast longtime ICU nurse who was retiring and gonna do Reiki full-time. Got connected with Dr. Zahir Basrai, that's right, an ER doc down in California. We were swapping stories and he does a podcast with storytelling too. Um, That was fun to be on each other's shows for a while. Jonathan Tan, he was a 
RN turned PA. That's right. He told me a story about finding the zebras and outpatient family practice. Nina Ng, wellness and war zones. That was really cool to talk about. I talked to her about managing trauma and war-torn territories. Carmen Buck, nurse practitioner. That was really great. She uh, talked to me about her book and photography about photograph elderly Alzheimer's patients and their families. That was really neat. Oh, echoes on the heart. That was kind of a sweet, like, romantic episode. Mike and Pat Sill, retired couple with combined 90 years of experience in echocardiography and nursing. They were going to sail around the world, I think, at at the end of the episode. I think that's what Mike told me. I hope they're doing well. Shout out to you guys. Thanks for doing that episode. And I, I hope retirement is treating you well. Jorge Muniz, the medical comic artist. That was a fun episode. I'm um, talking about, you know, being a practitioner and then doing art on the side and how he educates through his medical comics. That was really cool. He also sent me a book. That was really awesome. Thanks for that. And then the trending topics graduation episode. That's awesome. I still talk to all five of those people I interviewed and where they are on their journey. It's been really cool to keep up with those guys. Um, Sam Kuba, she's an ID doc. Chayu, he's, um, I think, still in his surgical residency. Kate Saborov, I think she's in her, um, still in medical school, as far as I know. KP Mendoza is just out there absolutely slaying it as an ICU nurse in New York. Um, Michaela Cordosa, she's um, doing awesome research things. She's like a busy mom, busy nurse, just total complete badass. Those five guys, I loved that episode. I, I hope you guys are all great. Speaking title volumes about RTs. That was my first discussion with John Ancroft. Yeah, about respiratory therapy. That was an important episode. And then Dan Majgash, Dr. Dan told me five tips for surviving emergency medicine. Dr. Dan, I hope you're doing okay out there in the world of COVID and everything. Um, thanks for taking time to do that episode with me. Dean Hall. Ah, Dean Hall is swimming in miracles. I'm pretty sure he's still swimming in miracles. That was one of my favorite episodes. Thank you, Dean, for sharing your story with me about beating cancer by swimming rivers. That's really just basic, but go back and listen to that episode, guys. Uh, Jeff Powers, the NP Dude podcast. He talks about legal issues and nursing. Thanks doing that episode with me. And then I just got like really into best stories. I interviewed so many people <laughs> about their best stories of the year because I'm obsessed with New Year's and obviously storytelling. Denitra Hampton, Jonathan Yamis, Bobby Mansori, Amanda Jones, Emily Latran. What did I title that episode? Pride at t- Best Stories 2018, Pride and Joy. Those were all good stories. And then I interviewed even more people had to put into a different episode called Best Stories 2018, Changing the Status Quo. I talked to Leon Chen, Amelia Roberts, Elise Salamone, Mary Chiesa, Patrice Little, Andrew Craig. That was a good episode too. Hearing Myself Talk Volume 3, and there's a picture of a seal. I don't remember why. <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen to that. Ann Richardson. Oh, I love talking with Ann Richardson. Um, she's a certified chaplain, spiritual director, and labyrinth facilitator. I could just talk to her forever. At, at the end of the episode, she was going to go off and go to England and have this spiritual journey. I should get in touch with her again about how that all went. I think about chaplains a lot these days with COVID and working in the ICU and having family visitation restrictions and chaplains have become so, so integral to our practice. Thank you, Anne, and all the chaplains out there. Talked with Alison Escalante, a pediatrician, author, and TEDx speaker. That was a really timely interview for me of um, trying to find a pediatrician and having a new kid. And that was like really great life advice and professional advice. 
I did a little Nurses Week shout out. People called in and left some Nurses Week voicemails for me. That was great. Uh, Dr. Boss Ryan and I did another story swap. And then the Matrescence episode with Sarah Surstadt. I loved that episode. I recorded it two days before my son was born. <laughs> I was super duper pregnant and she was our birth class educator. And that was just a really awesome episode about motherhood and like the physiological changes that happen to you as you become a mother and she was a really really awesome podcast guest i read dr jonathan gelber's book about um sports and sports medicine and sort of it was a mishmash of uh famous athletes and and stories about medicine that was a great episode i encourage you to read his book Uh, my best stories 2019 the fourth annual edition of extraordinary stories that was the last episode before the covid episodes and who did i interview i interviewed kp tracy taufiki and joey and then myself yeah taufiki and joey are killing it out there with their safe seizure pads uh mad props to you guys and all the things you're doing there tracy's tracy shared a really um lovely story about shedding her cynicism and labor and delivery and working with a doula and then this may i did uh four COVID episodes that's when things were starting to sort of slow down for me and i just had a baby i was had COVID happened and it's just world was on fire and people kind of asked me like are you going to do some COVID episodes and i was like no i don't have time there's so much content out there about COVID." and then i changed my mind and interviewed four people <laughs> and made four episodes so there you go. I just, I loved this show and I loved doing it and I love telling people's stories and thank you everyone for allowing me to share your story with the listeners. I'm full of mixed feelings, really. Sadness that I don't have more in my gas tank for the podcast gratefulness for all the people I've encountered along the way, wonderment at the amount I've learned on technical and creative levels, and finally a profound sense of honor to have told the stories, highlight the topics, and most importantly, give voice to the often unasked and ignored healthcare professionals in today's art and media. One thing I can thank you for coronavirus is a slight bump in this trend. Dr. Fauci is now a household name. I'd also like to take a minute to think out loud People I've connected with along the way who weren't necessarily podcast guests on my show, but who were some podcasting mentors. I want to especially mention Angel and Amanda Jones, you guys from outside the capital in Salem, Oregon, along your massive American road trip to Skyping over a five-hour time difference. Thank you so, so much for your connection and ongoing encouragement. You have no idea how much I've treasured our connection. And as soon as this pandemic is over, I'm going to travel and I'm putting Trinidad near the top of the list. I'm coming to see you. Also, Keith Carlson of the Nurse Keith Show. Thank you for your support and having me on your show and your leadership and innovation within the podcasting world. And three amazing nurses, Patrice Little of Nurses in Media, Tiffany Kelly of Nightingale Apps and Yunsi Dursa of Recess Nurse Podcast. I admire you guys so, so much. And thank you for being a driving force in nurses and media, for your social media and podcast work, and for working to advance nurses in America. Y'all are go-getting professional women too badass to explain. Holler. Let's get drinks at a conference someday, post-pandemic. Maybe NTI 2021? I don't know. We'll see. For your reference and enjoyment, I will keep the podcast episodes up on my website and on Podbean. You can, of course, still continue to listen to them and share them. You can, of course, still email me your healthcare stories because I love to hear and read them as they all inspire me. 
I'll even keep the podcast feedback line open that no one ever calls. <laughs> 503-512-0185. In case anyone wants to drop me a line about the show or leave a voicemail with your thoughts on the show's conclusion or stories, whatever. I'll keep it up there. And if you feel so inclined, you can support me and my future artistic efforts by buying my book. That was another little thing I did this year. Got a book published. Again, editing. (laughs) Painful, but necessary. Head to Toe has been a special part of my life and career, and I can't say with absolute certainty that it won't be resurrected in some form in the future. And I can't say for sure that this will be the only podcast I'll ever host or produce. But for now, though... It is time to put the mic down. I hope to have more energy and time for not only the essentials of my life, but also for writing more, reading beyond my social media feeds, and planning furtively for the day that my son does not require 24-7 attention and the world isn't on pandemic lockdown. I think that'll probably be the day he goes to kindergarten, but who knows. To listeners and supporters, old and new alike, I thank you deeply. To my family for believing in me and my crazy storytelling passion, I love you and thank you. Okay, last paragraph. I'm going to get a little preachy, but it's the very last episode, so I can. I can do what I want. It's my show. (laughs) To everyone still listening, stay healthy. Stay six feet apart. Send virtual hugs. Be kind. Love one another. Remember that it is infinitely easier to breathe through a mask than it is to breathe through a ventilator. Remember that you only have one body and it doesn't come with a warranty. Treat it well. Laugh because life is short. Be able to believe in and question science simultaneously. Listen to people you disagree with and speak your truths with respect. Call your mother once a week. Fill out your advance directives, then live long and prosper. And for God's sake, register to vote. And then vote. And now I will end it like I do most episodes. Until next time, take care. What you saying? What you saying, though, man? Yeah. Well, that's pretty fascinating. You got a giggle in you? You got a giggle in you? You got a giggle in you? You got a giggle in you?